The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks for joining us again today, and happy Friday. If you're following along with this as we're posting it, it is Friday, and we are just over, uh, just, just about a week and a half away from Christmas, and hope things are going well for you, enjoying your time. I know we are. I hope you would join us. If you're local for our Christmas services, Sunday the 24th on Christmas Eve as well at 1030, and then our Christmas Eve candlelight service at 430, and we're looking forward to a great time in the next couple of weeks together. If you're following along with us in Scripture, we are walking through uh, the last few uh, chapters of the life of Christ through Gospel of Matthew's Gospel. So we are in Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to jump in here at verse 57, a little bit of context. Judas had just betrayed Jesus in the garden. Um, Peter comes out with his desire to defend Jesus, uh, cuts off the ear of Malchus. Peter, uh, Jesus heals it uh, and allows the men to take him captive. We talked about that yesterday and is now starting off what we call a sham court. We'll talk a little bit as we look at the next 10 to 11 verses, uh, many of the things about this. We won't jump into, we could jump into a lot of research and connect back to Old Testament teaching. So uh, you can jump back to Leviticus and a lot of these other places and find out some of the rules that have come, and many of them will be broken in this passage for deeper detail. But back in verse 57, it says, those who had seized Jesus led him him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him from afar to the high priest's courtyard and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. The chief priests and the elders and the entire Sanhedrin searched for false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. Yes, though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. So the first thing we see, they seized him, they led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. And just without going into a lot of detail, there are certain times of the day that these things can take place. There needs to be a period of time from the time they've been arrested to the um, court. They ran them right in. They're not even allowed to do it at this time. Falling with all the other customs, they're not even, the time of the day they're doing it go, breaks the Jewish law. Uh, then they admit here they're looking for false. They're just looking for anybody, a false witness, who's willing to state something. Now, I guarantee you there was a lot of things that people would have said that would have angered people for Jesus' teaching, but none of them were of uh, worthy of death. Now, here's what they were looking for. We'll see in a little bit where they get, get to. Um, Jesus had not committed a crime, so there was nothing worthy of a crime to put him to death. Uh, in those days, um, some theft, murder, those things, they would they, they take care of you. Death was immediate. Jesus would have grown up watching this. He would have grown up watching true criminals being put to death. In a little bit, he's going to be hung between two of them for legitimate crimes. And so he knew what was going on. He'd seen this growing up. And uh, so, but he had not committed one. So they're trying to create one. The Jewish law, by the way, had stated that someone who blasphemed Jesus, who claimed to be God, and not just a random, but really taught and lived that way, could have been put to death for blasphemy, which is what they were looking for. And so they were trying to trick him, trying to find other people who could prove that he had stated that. But generally speaking, most of the people contradicted each other. They couldn't find anything valid that would appease the court because they didn't want to be accused of murder. They wanted this to be valid. And uh, so they were looking for something. They still wanted to look good, even though they knew all of this was fake. Uh, Verse um, 
verse 61, and uh, actually let's go to verse 60. But they found none, yes. Uh, Though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. At last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days, which Jesus did do. And you understand he's referencing ultimately the temple himself, uh, going to the cross. Verse 62, And the high priest stood up and said to him, Do you answer nothing? Catch this. Jesus kept silent because he had done nothing wrong. I often make this a bit of a a silly thought, but it's something intriguing that I've always learned. Uh, Generally speaking, the first sign of guilt is self-defense. When you find somebody who's massively defending themselves or something they've not done, makes you wonder why, uh, you know, and they jump in, they defend, they want to control the narrative. Usually are, there's something going on there. Jesus remained silent. Not only was he innocent, Jesus knew all of these things needed to happen to get to the cross. And so these are all just steps necessary to fulfill God's plan. Uh, he goes, Deuce, did you say nothing? What is it these men testify against you? Again, Jesus remained silent, verse 63. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, it's intriguing. In the next comment, Jesus does and enough for the high priest to know where he's going with this. Jesus said to them, you have said so. But I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated in the right hand of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Here's what's going on. The high priest, having a knowledge of Old Testament prophecy, realized that Jesus in this was stating that he is the fulfillment of prophecy. Through stating a prophecy, he goes, I am fulfilling. I am the fulfillment of that Old Testament prophecy. And through theology saying, I am the Messiah. They knew this. And so he didn't just say yes, but he stated it through this prophecy, immediately angering them. Here's the next part, verse 65. Then the high priest tore his clothes. Now, if you go back to the book of Leviticus, you're going to find out he was not allowed to do that. So again, he wanted to be angry. He's trying to build up the emotion of the people um, in something that wasn't valid. Uh, Here's what he says. He has uttered blasphemy because he claimed this Old Testament prophecy. What further need do we have for witnesses? See, now you have heard this blasphemy. What do you think? They answer, well, he is guilty of death. Then they spat at his face and struck him, and others slapped him with the palms of their hand, saying, prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? So immediately, by the way, they were just looking for one little thing, they're running with it, and they were going to push it through. They had already a narrative, they were creating a narrative, enough people wanted this, and so it was a sham, it was a joke, none of it was valid, none of it was real. By the way, Jesus knew this. He knew it was coming, he he could have at any point, uh, he didn't have a lawyer, he could have at any point defended himself and used logic and theology to defeat him as he had been doing for three years to this point. So none of this was a surprise. None of this was something that we look and say, what's going on? He knew it. Uh, By the way, the same thing happens today. People who want to argue against uh, our Christian beliefs and, and take scripture and people who twist scripture to get their own point of view, deep down, either they're not true believers and so they're just going to use the Bible to uh, twist what they want, or they really hate Christianity. But if there's someone truly is saved and they're twisting Scripture, they know they're doing it. They have the Holy Spirit. They know they're wrong. And we've got to be careful with that. We've got to be careful that when we look at somebody who's going to be a teacher, a part of our life, where do they stand on Scripture? Not in culture, but where do they stand on Scripture? Scripture is still the core of what we believe. It does not change. And there are just things in Scripture that culture, it doesn't fit. And we need to be willing to stand in Scripture over culture. And that is an important thing. It's a needful thing, not preference, but Scripture. Uh, but when we look at this at the end, he sat there and he just, outside of one comment that he knew would give the people what they needed, he remained silent. 
And you just see, again, a submission of God to the will, the submission of Jesus, God the, God the Son, in submission to God the Father, for the ultimate purpose of purchasing our redemption and fulfillment of prophecy. He, he stood there silent for you and me, and I hope we never lose that. Even at this Christmas time, never lose that what's going on right now as we celebrate is a picture of what's coming what, you know, in Jesus' life and the ultimate reason he came. May, may we never lose the reminder of why Jesus came, why he went to the cross. He did nothing wrong. He went for us because we could not do it on our own. And even in, in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the Christmas season, what a great truth. It is a gift that Jesus offers to us. And if you have not received that gift, I encourage you to uh, study John 3. Reach out to us here at the church. Give us a chance to allow us to show you what Scripture says about that truth. Well, again, thank you for joining us this morning on this Friday. We appreciate the time you've given us to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us back on Monday as we can jump into Peter's denial and we look at some unique aspects and principles from that. Appreciate the time you've given us and we look forward to seeing you again on Monday.